Smith goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Straight Red. We've got a special guest in the studio, former general manager, communications manager, Bruce Tolbert, on the show for the second time. As ever, we'll have match updates, fixtures coming up. There's even a transfer window update. And in Broadfield Bars, we talk about flags, scoreboards, and what do you get as being a member of the CTSA? Do you get a vote or not? We'll find out in Broadfield Bars and wrap things up in added time. So here we are then, Jonathan, episode 23. We're going to start as ever with some feedback from episode 22, which went down quite well, actually. Um, we've got absolutely wicked again, mate, from Dan. Phil said, thanks, guys. Just watched the vlog as well. Yeah, a bit different. Um, love the comment about the West, Dan. Those vlogs are great. Uh, nice listen. Well done, guys. Another great listen. Um, long may the podcast continues. How about inviting some fans on some episodes? That is coming up soon. We've got Bruce today. Fans coming up in future ones. Um, another enjoyable listen. Shame you forgot the keys. We are inside today, in the building today, thankfully. Um, great pod. Maybe it's just me, but I thought the overall audio could have been a tiny, tiny bit louder. That's one from the forum. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely right. You know what? Um, last time, not only did we forget the keys, we forgot our earphones as well. So we didn't get any levels to begin with either. Hence why. But we've got everything today. Liam Green said, another great podcast. Like hearing your thoughts on the fans forum and your views on how the fans were. Brilliant as always, lads. Um, Augustus said, great pod again. I wouldn't have had John Yems round for Christmas. Was my favourite bit. I like that bit as well. Cheers for the YouTube chat out, lads. That's from Nathan Wright. In the last episode, we didn't know his name. It is Nathan is his name. Does the um, CTFC fans vlogs. I've watched them. They're, they're, they're pretty they're really good. good. They yeah. are really good. It's, a, it's just an extra bit of content for Crawley fans. It's great. Um, and three more from Twitter. Um, Andy Summers said, keep the fanfare. We yeah, I, I almost <laughs> thought I'd give him star listener just for saying that, just so he can add the fanfare. We but, have uh, got a star listener we've today. We've got someone else. Um, spoiler, it's not you, Andy. Sorry. <laughs> um, Liam Green said, Palmer was injured Saturday. Spoke to him after the game, but apparently back this week and that didn't happen. But we did mention Palmer was injured. And uh, GHOA Travel said, another good listen. Thanks for the plug for our coaches. We're now down to only one seat remaining for Exeter, but that game's gone. But uh, we always mention them at the end of every show. So thanks for all the feedback. We do absolutely love it. We love creative and uh, constructive feedback as well. So that's all really nice and positive. If there's anything you ever want changed, please do let us know. Um, that's the updates, um, the feedback, Jonathan. Let's move on straight on to match updates. Right, so moving on to match reviews. Only two games since our last podcast, Shock Horror. I think the podcast before we had like a whole long list to go through, but only two. So Exeter uh, away. The Reds drew one all, believe it or not. I think you and you were maybe a little bit more uh, less positive going into that match, would you say? Not true. I said we needed to win. Oh, when we looked at the next five games, there's only two. I said if we can draw against Exeter and win the rest then we can still yeah, just yeah. Like scrape seventh place. So I did actually say draw. Okay, so we both said draw then. So that, that's a correct prediction, which is great. And then on to yesterday, the uh, result against Oldham at home. 3-0. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Honestly, so such a great game. And uh, first game, I think I came away from genuinely positive, genuinely actually uplifted from the performance. Uh, and let's dig through it now. 
I will preface all of these comments um, that I'm about to go through with one negative one, Ewan. And that is from the first half. This was this was my leading note that I made from the first half. Crawley have got to put more pressure on the opposition and stop sitting back so much and waiting for the opposition to come at them because better teams will just punish us and destroy us. Do you know what? Um, just going back to one stat we had in the last episode, Crawley and I were on a 16-match run of having the least possession over 90 minutes. That's extended now to 18 consecutive games where Crawley have had the least possession. And like you said, it, it's sitting back, but... That's one very small negative in a very, very positive Because wasn't the stats yesterday something like 70% possession for Oldham, 30% for Going Crawley? Going by BBC, it was 63% Oldham, 37% um, Crawley Towns. How do they work that out, Ewan? That's I, what I've always wondered. No, you tell us, for it. You well, tell okay, us. Okay, I'll tell you. I don't know how it's done, but I know there's a guy sitting in the press box um, and how he can... Uh, work out, you know, what, what in, t- in terms of time or number of touches that our players have. It always baffles me because I come away from some of those games and thinking we've only had twenty five percent possession and we won two or three nil. Like obviously the Oldham game, don't make sense to me. It's not like in the Premier League where it's all scientific and technical and everything like that, and you can rely on it. I think a lot of the time in League Two, it's a bit just a bloke waving his finger it's in the air. Work. It's guesswork. <laughs> well, there we have it. That's that's co- co- just a thought. I, I completely agree with you. Yesterday, I think definitely we did have the least possession, but I think it's mind-boggling that 18 consecutive games we wouldn't have the most possession in one game. Completely agree with that. Yeah, but it's all stats, isn't it? You say that 18 games uh, least possession, but what are the stats? The number of chances we created, the number of uh, entries in the final third, a, a, a way up in the top. So how does that equate to having no possession, but having, uh, I suppose, it's having as little possession as you can, but making the most of it in terms of creating chances? As we've seen so many times the last few games, Crawley on the break are absolutely brilliant, especially Ashley Addison down the left-hand side, even yesterday a few times. Um, Crawley on the break. And I mean, you tell it, is that the way John Yems plays his football? I know you've not seen too many of John's games. I've, but seen, uh, I've seen two or three games since John took over. Um, I think that's the way John likes to play. I think you've got to give... You know, obviously John's done well with the home form, but I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Lee Bradbury because I think he's a terrific coach um, from what I've seen of his work, which wasn't much, a couple of weeks before I left. Uh, I think he's he really works the players well. The players respect him. He's played at a decent level, uh, goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, and I, he he does all the tactical side. I don't think John John's more the motivator and the organiser, but the tactical stuff comes from Lee. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's worked well, hasn't it? And like you mentioned there with the shots, Crawley yesterday, 18 shots um, with only four on target, but 18 shots and Crawley have always been up there all season. Um, I think we mentioned last week they were highest in the shots per game average, not scoring the most goals. Yeah. And Bez Labada, one of the top Crawley players for getting those shots away. Um, so it was 3-0. Do you want to take us through the game roughly? Jonathan, I know I was commentating. You were in front of me actually taking notes and watching it as a fan yesterday. Yeah, I felt like a bit of a um, what they call player agent or something, analysing the players. But um, yeah, three players that I will highlight from this game. First player um, that I will highlight is Glenn Morris. I thought he kept Crawley in the game in the first half. Crawley could have probably been behind two goals or something from the chances that Oldham created. But Glenn, wow. Uh, some brilliant quick successive saves uh, on the floor, getting up quickly again to reposition himself really quick out of his area to claim balls and, and sort of command that 18 yard box um, position very, very strongly and very well. Player of the season again. He's up there. Can't give it to Glenn again. 
Why not? not? Why not? not? I mean, you've got to give it to someone like Bez Lubala or Jordan Tunnicliffe. I was going to say Jordan Tunnicliffe. Yeah. Someone who's played a lot a lot of games. Josh Doherty. I mean, he's got to be in with a chance. He's probably the most improved player. Ollie Palmer? Yeah. Well, he's missed a few games, Ollie, hasn't he? Um, Glenn's a great, you know, great professional, uh, really works hard at his game. And I think with goalkeepers, you can be, you know, Glenn could probably play at this level for another four or five years. He keeps himself really fit. Um, and, and the thing about Glenn has always been that when he's been needed, like games like yesterday, you know, we're 1-0 up. It's a bit fragile. Glenn makes a couple of good saves, just settles everything down a little bit. He's, he, he, and he's mentally, he's, he's really, really strong. Would you say even, let's say he was the best player this season, would you still not give it to him just because it's got to go to somebody else? No, you can't. I mean, I don't know how the club are going to vote for it or how they're going to work out who's won it. But Glenn will get probably, he might well win it again if it's down to the fans. But uh, I think, you know, other players, I think, I think the last two or three years he's been so head and shoulders above everyone else that he's been the obvious choice. But this year, I mean, you've got to look at someone like Bez who's come in. Not only has he scored a lot of goals, his pace. You talk about pace, Jonathan. Yesterday I saw the goals on the, you know, on the break. Um, how how important that is. Uh, Jordan Tunnicliffe's come from non-league football and and been virtually an ever present. Ollie Palmer scored a lot of goals. I mean, Ashley Nadderson is having a terrific run at the moment. He's going to finish the season really strongly. I um, like the fact you mentioned Doherty as well because he, he's one of the guys that probably doesn't get enough credit and you you think he's probably one of the most improved players this season. Maybe. Yeah, he's, and he's playing regularly, which he didn't do, do under Gabby. Gabby wasn't so sure about him, but he's, I think he's a John Yem sort of player because he just does what he's does what it says on the tin. He defends. He's not expected to you know bring the ball forward. Uh, gives it to other players who can play. He's solid. He's strong. Um, yeah, and 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 um, you know he's 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 been most improved player I would say. He's certainly a candidate. So this is exactly what I wanted from a third person in the studio. These thoughts, third opinions. It's absolutely great because we we mentioned Josh sometimes, but to get those opinions, um, I think people are really going to appreciate that. Um, is especially the, the man well, himself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so double save from Morris was the one that was on the highlights. Where he did, he made plenty more saves as well, but that was the that was like the the really good looking one. Um, Nadison. Great. Glad he got his goal in the end. He did have that scuff in the first half. I'm not sure because the, the, the pitch is cutting up a little bit. So I think that, don't think that out whatsoever. Um, but another good chance from him. And someone said that he shines red and white through him. Uh, and I have to agree with that. <laughs> I don't like want to jump like on you two. <laughs> <laughs> and me. Well, you're actually a wearing a red hoodie. blue now as well. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I have to agree with him because I think he's uh, really becoming that, that kind of, I don't know, I'm... I'm very conscious with my sort of uh, links that I make to Premier League um, players here. God. But um, the kind of not forget about the on pitch performance that Frank Lampard had for Chelsea, but the kind of like club player that Frank Lampard's were, the John Terry's were of Chelsea. I feel like well, Ashley Nelson could he's be a local lad, isn't he? Well, yeah. exactly. He's the first local player who lives in the town that we've had for a long, long time, you know, and, and you, you do build that affinity. Uh, I think the thing with Ashley as well, he's playing regularly, which he wasn't doing the first half of the season. He had a couple of injuries, got injured in pre-season and got an injury just after he came back. And I'm not sure under the way that Gabby played that he necessarily wanted to up front. Uh, John and Lee Bradbury clearly do. And, um, you know, I think the most be the, mo the best thing about the last couple of weeks is he's forming a partnership now, a good partnership with uh, Dickie Deutschland. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I mean, like you said, he had a slow start to the season, but he's kicked on now. Was he on seven, was seventh goal yesterday, I think? Your commentator, so you um, should know. I think it was his seventh goal yesterday. So, so nice to see him kicking on and nobody more pleased than his mum, Tina, yeah, on social God. media. As well. She absolutely <laughs> loves it. I love watching it as well. Um, a couple of things. 
Alarakia, when he came on, what a little performance he had. Cameo at the end, but what a run to set up. Was Ashley's it a forty-yard run. run or something that he? Well, he was twenty, on he was 20 yards inside his own half, and then and laid took it off just the outside of, the box, about the edge yeah. of the eighteen-yard box. Laid it off a lovely dink from Ashley as well. Um, great two-man goal. That really happy for for Tarin. Um, he hasn't had a lot of game time, Bruce Tarin. No, he hasn't. But I think he's the sort of player who can come on and make an impact. He's quite quick. He's good on the ball. He's definitely improved. He's improved a lot since he came to the club, which was at the start of last season. And he's another one who's benefiting from, like Ricardo German, from from having some game time, you know, which I think, um, you know, a lot of players have, le- have left the squad, or quite a few players have left the squad uh, in the last few months. The squad was, in my opinion, when Gabby was here, the squad was too big. You know, no reserve team. We're just relying on giving these guys games in the Sussex Senior Cup. There's no option now to loan them out um, as, as there used to be. You know, you could loan players out any time to non-league or or, or whatever, and um, you've got players twiddling their thumbs. You know, Giliano Van Velsen was one, Denzel Boadu, who left, obviously. There's three or four others as well. Do you know something significant? Um, since he's gone, I, d- I don't actually miss Jimmy Smith. I don't think that I don't think the squad miss him either. Good call from the club, then. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like Jimmy. I mean, obviously, he's been there a long, long time. Um, but I'd be surprised if he came back now. I think that uh, the club's probably moved on from from Jimmy. Um, shame that he it sort of not not ended in a bad way, but he's not had the opportunity to to um, to come back and at least say goodbye to the fans. But I'd be surprised if he was. At if if they asked year. him back, do you think he'd come back himself? Well, Jimmy's got to play, isn't he? And uh, if if Yeovil uh, you know get promoted or do well in the national league um, and, and offer him a contract, a full time contract, he might well take it. He might well get a club nearer to where he lives in Essex. Uh, I think Jimmy will carry on playing. He might well get a club in in League Two. Who knows? But um, I think the sort of with with Jimmy, it's probably uh, he'll probably be playing somewhere else next year. One thing I loved yesterday about um, John Yam substitutions: end of the game, we're three nil up, and he makes an attacking substitution and brings Kamara on three nil up and chasing a fourth goal. It's so great for the fans, and just as as a fan myself watching, that is exactly what I want to see. I don't want to sit back at two nil, three nil up. Just want to see, keep going for it. Yeah, really positive sort of moves from John Yems yesterday. And well, you've all picked out the three players that I was going to highlight. So I think we've all agreed that the three players that we've spoken about are, are real highlights. There was um, a few things sort of not football related maybe, but just wanted to pick up that I sort of noticed during the game. The, the, the end of the first half... What was the programme like yesterday, Ewan? Oh, <laughs> do we have to talk about the programme? I thought we banned well, that. It's you, a banned word. I mean, Alison, your wife, Bruce, used to do the programme. It was a lovely programme. What, what Have you seen the most recent one? What do you think of it? Um... I think, uh, look, I can't be too. I mean, Tom or whoever made the decision to change the program. I think it was done on a on a on a, a financial a financial basis. Yeah. But I, uh, before uh, the production of the program used to cost seventy five pound a program. So that's ridiculously uh, cheap. It, How it, can you get that even cheaper? Well, you obviously can because they found somewhere that somewhere that's cheaper. But um, I'm not sure whether um, what the plan is for the program in in future. I know a few clubs have switched over to digital only. Stevenage being one. Um, and that might be a decision that the cl- a call that the club make at the end of the season and, and just knock it on the head altogether. I'm right in thinking that we did digital programmes for a little while, didn't we? Yeah, but they weren't very popular. But those were in the early days, when, you know, when the printed programme was still quite was quite strong and we were st- still selling. I mean, the, the programme, even now, is probably still selling on average what it has done for the last two or three years, which is between somewhere between sort of 17 and 22% of the attendance. Is that people buying them because they like to have one? or is it, it can't be for the content. It's just because they want to have one for every well, game, maybe. I think that um, you look at, you look, you know, you sit in the West Stand like I do when I go, 
you look around there, there's a lot of elderly people and they're not really into, you know, people of younger people like yourself, Ewan and Jonathan, you <laughs> know, getting people. everything digital on your phone, just sitting there watching it. They like something to read. And um, that, that, that's, the, that's the sort of uh, demographic of the people who buy the programme. No one under the age of 25, I would imagine, buys a programme, apart from really young kids who sort of, you know, getting the collecting bug and stuff. But if you're under 25 and listening, let us know. Do you buy a programme? Maybe that's another big question we've got coming up. Um, a couple of things I pointed out, though. The end of the first half was really flat, um, although we were 1-0 up, and it sort of went in a little bit um, quiet. And the first song to play at half-time was a Lewis Capaldi tearjerker. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's in charge of the playlist, although that, whether that was a, an actual request, but I thought that really sort of... Do, do they just sad. press play on Spotify? And I have no idea. What comes up next. Um, at the end, I think you've seen it on the highlights. I think it was when um, Ashley Addison scored. One of our lads getting really not just falling over the railing, getting pushed over the railing with some force as well. And that, that tipped over, he was, wasn't he? he? he was I mean, that's, that, that takes some doing because those railings are quite high. And he wasn't. Yeah, a, he wasn't. He wasn't tall bloke either, was he? <laughs> I saw that. Actually. Um, um, one of my favourite things, maybe near the end of the game, we were three 0 up. Only it might have been an extra time, um, and the ball went out of play behind. Is it? Zeus de la Paz, their goalkeeper. Yeah. And um, a young lad, he looked, I'm not good with ages, but he looked about maybe nine, ten years old behind the goal. He had the ball behind the railing. De La Paz went over to get it and the little lad chucked it over his head as far as he could beyond the 18-yard To box. the roar of all the uh, 12-year-olds behind him. Im- immediate legend status between his friends there. And um, my last favourite thing, watch, I think it was on Quest, the highlights, and the commentator said, at times, it was like watching Brazil. Yeah, so I think this uh, commentator got quite... Um Quite excited. There was a theme about Robert De Niro, wasn't there, or something on there? Yeah, was, yeah. yeah, yeah, film <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, German's um, middle name is De Niro, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How um, many film references you can get in, thir- in a thirty-second clip? <laughs> did pretty well, I reckon. He did at least a dozen. But um, all in all, 3-0, three, three goal scorers, three points. Unfortunately, didn't move Crawley anywhere up the table because the six teams in the middle all won uh, yesterday. But now, just 10 points off the top. Nine games to go. Nine games to go. 10 points off seventh place. Um, we had our thoughts. Bruce is shaking his head. Oh, he's been 10 points or around 10 points off, not off uh, the, the, the playoff places for about two months, hasn't it? We don't seem to have moved much between 14th and 12th. We're getting further away from the bottom, but like you say, we're like well, it's 26 points away from the drop now. It's not a conversation, but it's just um, an observation. But 10 points... But it's it's it was interesting you still look at that, like I do. It's, I it's it weird, 20, isn't it? Well, it is, because... You know, this is the first season really in League Two, apart from when Harry Kewell's here, when we haven't sort of had a, a worry. I think once we knew that um, there was only going to be one team relegated, which was quite early in the season, I think everyone thought, well, you know, whatever happens, we're not going to finish it, um, you know, second from bottom. Um, and uh, But yeah, it's, it's funny, you always look, that's, that, that's the way I always used to see it after every game, you know, when I was there. How many points are we above the bottom two? Because at the end of the day, I think for Crawley, for a club of our size, with our fan base, that is always to, to stay in the league as we will do next season for ten years. I think that's an achievement where you where you think of some of the clubs of our size who came and went, like Rushton and Diamonds, Kidderminster, one or two others he could name, and and you look through the National League and National League North and National League South, a number of clubs who've been in the football league, big clubs, Stockport, you like Torquay Rexham, as well, Torquay. You know, Yeovil, uh, probably all bigger clubs than Crawley or as big as. And they're, um, 
you know. Yeah, I think sometimes when we outside the tent, we maybe forget. Um, hey, look, we are just to be in the middle of League Two, but um, looking up now anyway, ten points off seventh place. In fact, ten points off sixth place because there's two teams on fifty-eight. So, um, you know, anything can happen. And if I may add as left. well, the atmosphere yesterday at the games, particularly in the second half, it was loud. Um, certainly building a kind of fortress atmosphere, uh, something really haven't seen since the the non-league days again. And when those flags get added to the stadium, we really will be rocking don't in stall, the non-league. Don't spoil Broadfield bus for me. I'll talk <laughs> about flags later. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, great game yesterday. Really, really positive. Um, what can we do in the last nine games? We'll have to wait and see. There's, a, there's an absolutely very slim chance. But you know what? It's just nice as a fan for it still to be possible. Still if, looking up, if we not looking down. If we were 14th, 15th, we're not getting relegated, not getting promoted. The game's sort of, the, the season's done, but at least there's something to still cling on to. Um, Jonathan, let's have a really quick run through. And thank you, Bruce, for that, for that um, in, uh, your input there into that um, match review. It's great. I think the, fi- the listeners are really going to enjoy I that. I thought it was very good, considering I wasn't anywhere near the match. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Jonathan, a fixture's coming up then briefly. Yeah, I don't really think we have much to add to this section, to be honest, because we covered most of these games in the last podcast anyway but let's go over the next few coming up so Port Vale this coming weekend I'm going to stick with my draw we cover this in the last pod then Newport at home Tuesday night under the floodlights I'm going to have to push for a win for Crawley here even though I think it will be a, a, a tough yeah, match we'll what do you them. think yeah Bruce? we'll beat Newport We've got a good record against Newport we'll beat them on at home we'll as well them. yeah Half a point at Port Vale yeah I agree with that and then the f- final match that we're going to sort of cover in this podcast is Swindon top of the league currently away but lost yesterday at home to Forest Green, 2-0. Yeah. And we beat them away last season as well, didn't we? 1-0, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to that game. Glenn Morris penalty save in the last That was your last well. away game, wasn't it, Ewan? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. So what are we feeling with this one then? Because I, I don't know where to pitch this, because obviously I, they are I top feel, of the league. But I feel well, like a little bogey team for Swindon. I think we, yeah. I think we can get at least a point there. Um, will Ollie Palm be back by then? Who knows? Oh, well, then one thing we didn't mention, Rhys Grego Cox out injured, apparently for months as well. I only found that out of the game yesterday. What's his injury? I don't know. <laughs> Lewis Young, he's out long term as well, isn't that, he? Dallison, is he out as well? I don't know. <laughs> but hey, yeah, like I only <laughs> found out yesterday Wee Scroker Cox was out long term. Seems to suddenly be a lot of injuries that I didn't realise. But then again, you have a game like that yesterday and you kind of forget about yeah, it straight, you don't, don't, miss don't you? It's only when you're struggling you want to get your players back. Um, so Swindon away, the last of the three games we'll, we'll look at. Um, I'm going to, if it's all right, Jonathan, I know it's out of sync, but I think it's a really good time to put in the big question here because it's so relevant to what we asked. Um, and the question was really simple. We put this out yesterday um, after the game. And it was, do you think Crawley, or where do you think Crawley again are going to finish this season? The options were top seven, eight to 10th, 11 to 14th or 15th plus okay there were 112 votes just in the short time that we did it eight percent think we can finish in the top seven i'll be honest i didn't vote top seven i went eight to ten as did 52 percent of the uh the votees 36 percent said 11 to 14 and 2.7 percent said we're going to finish 15th place or worse i think that might have been bitter olden fans because it is it's not, <laughs> it's not a private account anybody can vote um but but just under 3% said 15 plus. A couple of comments. 
Stuart Cook said, I'd love top seven, but I think we will run out of games and the teams and the playoff places don't seem to be dropping points. That, I think that's absolutely spot on. Paul Taylor Burr said, if Crawley win their remaining games, and it's a big if, they will have 75 points. Last season, that was enough for a playoff place. Here's hoping, as I believe there is a very least they deserve and the manager for getting us within reach of... Um, where we are. And Thomas West said, if we take points from the key games left, Port Vale, Swindon and Cheltenham, then we could be in with a shot at top seven. Well, um, if, we, if we win the last nine games and finish on 75 points, we'll probably go up via the playoffs because we'll be on such a tremendous run and full of confidence. Very good that point. We, um, yeah. you know, that, that will just carry us all the way through to, to League One. But I don't think it's going to happen. We've won one away game all season. We're not going to suddenly win another five, I would suspect. Do you think we'd be in a better position if John Yems had come in a few matches sooner? Um, difficult. It's easy to say now that yeah, probably would, but um, difficult. I mean, I think the thing is the home form has been so good in the last few months, and that does not mask the fact that the away form has been pretty average. One away win all season, you're never gonna, you, you know, if we had, if a home form had been as as average as it had been before John came in, and we'd continued to be poor away from home with with just one win, we would be. We wouldn't be in the bottom two, but we would probably be, be in the bottom four or five. Can you possibly explain how we can be so good at home? And not bad away, but it, we haven't won since August away. I think it's 17 games now away. How do you explain that? How can it be so vastly different? I think there's been quite a lot of away games this season. I've seen a few where we've played well. We've been at Exeter last week was a case in point. We're 1-0 up by all accounts, playing well. They, you know, decent side at home, come back in the second half. Had 10 draws away from home, which isn't bad. If the two of those or three of those had been turned into wins, six more points, you, you're right on the edge of the playoffs. Again, uh, playoffs. Um, the home form, I think, uh, just going quickly going back to the away form, Crawley's away form for years has been pretty poor, hasn't it? Going back to probably the last season we had when we had decent away form was when Richie Bark was managing the first season in League One when we won at places like Preston and Doncaster, some really big clubs, won seven or eight or nine away league games. Since then, and certainly since we've been in League Two, the away form has been fair, pretty patchy, to be honest. We had a little spell under Harry Kuehl when we won a few away games around the turn of the year when he was there, but it's but last season, the season before, was, was fairly average. Um, but at home, well... I mean, I think the pitch gives us a bit of an advantage because it's not in great condition at the moment. Like a lot of pitches in the league, it's, and it's not a go at having a go at Ben because he's done a really good job in difficult circumstances. But, you know, you turn up. And, and also yesterday, we're playing Oldham with one team going down as well. There's quite a few teams now you're playing who really haven't got a lot to play for. Uh, if you get the first goal, you get on top of them, you, you, you know, you can normally go on and go on and win. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we mentioned that in commentary yesterday. Oldham, they won 5-0 last week against Newport um, and such a turnaround but like you said they're, they're just not playing for anything and any team we're probably the very last team in 12th place that are actually still maybe fighting for just about 7th everybody in 10th and above absolutely fine but below us maybe it's all absolutely gone down to even down to sort of like 22nd it's only Stevenage well the, the, Stevenage, the only hope for Stevenage is if Macclesfield get another points deduction and bring for the um, for the postponement against Crew, and it brings them back towards Stevenage by maybe 4 or 5 points and then you Stevenage have a little glimmer of hope but they've lost the last eight games they've changed manager again I'd be amazed if Stevenage get out of it now they would have to you know find form that they've shown absolutely no uh, chance you know of producing all season and do you think we're still sort of relying on other teams above us to slip up regardless of whether we win our next nine games I think well, we need other teams to draw would be would be ideal 
And I think if we win those nine, I mean, we're in dreamland here, aren't we? Let's let's say we win those nine. I think 75 <laughs> we points are in you're in the playoffs, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are in the playoffs. And like I say, you've got so much momentum going into the playoffs that you're probably going to go at least to Wembley and... And then who knows? But um, hey, that is Dreamland. Ninety um, percent of our own fans don't think that's going to be um, it. But but still, anywhere between eighth and fourteenth is still progress. A, t- a top ten finish would be fantastic. Would really, yeah. would really would be. You know, we have Sing- single digits for me would be, would be uh, you know eighth or ninth, and that's progress. possible. And yeah. we're and we're finally achieving that top ten budget that we we keep being told that we have to be in a top ten in, in League Two as well. So fingers crossed. Um, so that is the match round up. That is the big question. A very brief big question. Um, shall we move on to? Oh my God, Jonathan! I've got a trans- too many to pick from. I've got a transfer window. Round what? <laughs> Another transfer? <laughs> it's March. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, just to throw in two things here, and then we'll move on to Broadfield Buzz. We might even actually let's speak. Let's going to speak to Brooks Nest actually. So quickly, transfer roundup coming in. Crawley Town are delighted to announce the signing of 17-year-old Kahil Rafiq Salah Eddin, another double barrel um, on a two and a half year deal. 17-year-old on a two and a half year deal. He's been handpicked from our newly established scouting program. Heard of him? Never heard of him. Hey-ho. Um, and going out, Crawley Town have confirmed that striker, former Cardiff striker, and Crawley, of course, Ibrahim Mite has joined Bulgarian <laughs> second division side OFC Pirin Blagorovograd on loan Sorry. for the <laughs> remainder of this season. Everyone at the club wishes Ibrahim the best of luck in Bulgaria. That seems like a really sort of left field um, where Warren appointment. Feeney is manager. Absolutely it, yeah. spot on. Warren Finney. So there is a connection there. But uh, from, from Cardiff that to Crawley. Good, that's good knowledge. From Cardiff to Crawley to the Bulgarian second division. I think he's got another year on his contract, uh, Ibrahim. So at the end of the season, I, I think he'll be back. I'm not sure. You'd have to probably have to check that. But um, well, I mean, he's getting football, isn't he? he? Didn't play. He played a little bit of Woking earlier in the season. But that was talk- that's what I'm talking about. See, we had so many players at the start. See, we had 27 or 28 players. It's absolutely ridiculous yeah. for a League Two club. So uh, that, is no the tra- team. that that is the trend. That is the Well, yes, we're on to Broadfield Buzz, and we usually have a sort of a jingle in between each section, but Bruce is sitting here in dee between dee our... Dee rec- dee 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 dee. Something like that, isn't it? There we go. I didn't even need to ask him. Broadfield Buzz. I've got a few things this week. You've got quite a few things. It's going to be a packed one. Do you know what? It's only been two weeks, but more's happened in the last two weeks than happened in the previous four. So I'm going to start on everybody's favourite subject, scoreboards. I thought it was going to be the programme. <laughs> no, it's scoreboard. <laughs> so, as we know, this is this is dragging on. and I'll, I'm going to try and fly through this, but it's, it's relevant new information. So, um, Paul, CTFC Hong Kong, has been on Twitter, and he said a few things. This is back in February the 27th, so not long after our last episode, in fact. And I'm just going to read out a few of his tweets. It started with, a decision needs to be made on the scoreboard. So, it's like an ultimatum almost, by you, the fans. We can't have this top-tech equipment laying around gathering dust, ready for a poll. A poll was coming up. Paul's poll. Paul's poll. Hong Kong poll. So he said, um, in summary, the current club scoreboard is broken. Fans voted for me to buy a scoreboard. Bought and delivered 45 grand. He's done that. The club agreed to pay installation, and the owner, but the owner didn't know. Bruce is laughing. Right, <laughs> hang on. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> the owner didn't know about the scoreboard installation, and he doesn't want to contribute fair enough. First poll coming up. Why did you laugh when I said the owner didn't know about the installation? Um... Because it's quite funny. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if he didn't know about the installation. I can't imagine that someone who was close to him did not know that there was going to be an installation cost 
And there's also, you've got to remember as well, when you've got an installation, you put a thing like that up, you've got to have someone to operate it. So that's a, 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 a probably half a day's work to get all the content ready. You can't just stick it up and have the score up. You want to have videos up. You want to have interviews. You want to have stuff like that. Because Alison used to do that, didn't she? she? She did the scoreboard for a bit. Uh, that right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's basically just changing a. It wasn't a, a high. But tech. this is going to be high flying adverts. Well, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's nice one that sort of you know you get in a championship club or a, a big big club. Then there's the. Um, you know, as I say, you, you, that's a job for someone. For, that's a day's work to get everything ready because you just you want it to be part of the. You want it. You want to be able to go in the ground at quarter past two and be entertained for half an hour or something like that. You know, just Hi in case there isn't yeah. any entertainment at three o'clock. Whatever it might be. Apparently, yeah. there's a and VAT bill as well for this. It's just cropped up. Oh Christ! That they weren't aware of. If 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 Not the rumours are right. Not aware of VAT. Come on. Um, the next tweet was the installation cost is 25 grand the fans forum donation from super generous fan was 10 grand CTS Alliance have um, added 1 grand to the pot I think from the Reds roller forever that might be this is a 14 grand shortfall Paul said I will make up the rest if needed Joe Comper um, his next tweet was the poll and it was this club scoreboard can generate 50 grand plus over the next 5 years say 80% will be profit where do you think the profits are best directed the options were give it to the club and they can decide give it to a charity decided by the fans give it to the away supporter fund so GH coaches away travel that kind of thing or put all the money back into stadium maintenance and stadium improvements um, yeah, the the, the the overwhelming uh, result was 66% said stadium maintenance. I think GH coaches came back and said, we, we don't even want the money uh, if you yeah, vote for us. Great response as well. So the away supporters was 12%. 16% said give it to the club and let them decide. And only five pe people said give it to charity. <laughs> um, and after that sort of ultimatum and news, as if by magic, there's a statement on the club website, which says... Um, no, <laughs> so the statement says, um, and I think this was officially a, a scoreboard update, and I, I panned this, and people said I was being a bit harsh, but hey, it said, Crawley Town Football Club would like to extend their thanks to Paul Hayward for his generosity in purchasing the scoreboard um, and his proposals for installation. Uh, Paul has also made a very kind donation to the fans in their campaign to make the stadium a fortress in which fans pl plan on purchasing new flags for the ground. Erdem Konya said in a statement, we thank Paul for his generous donation towards the football club. We are very grateful for all the support shown towards the club and the fan base and are exploring the options for the scoreboard to be installed over the closed season. We thank everyone for their continued support and provide a detailed update in the coming weeks with our plans going forward for the year ahead. Thank you all. Um, I said that is not a scoreboard update. That is just a thank you to Paul, rightly so, but there's no information. We are... Um, options exploring options for it to be installed so it's it's everything we knew anyway and i wasn't the only one because somebody else said on twitter how is this an update somebody else had once again a nothing statement which something will be done later and it's getting boring so i'm not the only one that looked at that and said rubbish statement Paul, um it's Bruce. frustrating, isn't it? Because, like you say, it doesn't say anything you might as well have not put the statement up there, thank you thank you very much um, for saying that bruce i there's a lot of work involved in putting that scoreboard up because it's a big old bit of kit. Um, I think the plan is for it to have it at the where the current scoreboard is, um, but there's quite a lot of steel work that needs to be done, um, which is Mr. Erin's uh, business, obviously. Um, I know a man with some steel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it takes. Um, a couple of weeks, I think. It's a big job. It's not going to get done this se this this season. Um, Fingers crossed it gets done because it will make such a difference. It will just sort of professionalise even more the club, I think. It's, it's just the drag. I'd rather than come out and say, look, we've got some options at the moment, but um, we, we, we can't 
give any information out rather than say it's a scoreboard update and have nothing at all. Um, like I said, I, I went straight back and said and made a bit of a piss take about it and put our own update about it. Um, and right or wrongly, people said I was harsh. I, I still stand by what I said. And Erdem, to his absolute, this is why I really like Erdem, to his credit, he came back on Twitter and said, I am 100% responsible for the statement. The aim was to thank, um, the aim was to thank the kind gift and acknowledge the generosity. Any other detail is being worked on. We will keep striving to improve as a club. I don't think there's any doubt that they're continuously trying to improve, but they kick themselves in the face with these, Bits yeah. and pieces that fall down really badly, don't they? Yeah, a little, a little bit. Um, I remember earlier in the season when uh, I spoke to Erdem when we weren't doing very well, the sort of last bits of the Gabby's reign, and Erdem was going on Twitter after every game, whether we won or lost, you know, to try and rally. It was all the best intentions and getting so much stick. And I said, look, just stay off it, you know, just don't, don't tweet. Nolly um, Sidiri. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, just don't tweet because you just, you're just hostage to fortune. People use it as an excuse to come back at you. You know, with social media, everyone thinks, they, well, everyone's got a voice, they can express it, um, whether it's right or not. Um, but it just, you know... I, was Salim banned from Twitter? Not as far as I know. Because he no. used to be very vocal and all of a sudden yeah, he just says no, nothing. Not like. as, not Maybe for the same reasons that you've no, just mentioned. Not as far as I know. Uh, he doesn't go on there very often. Um, I think it's great for the fans that Erdem is on there because he is seen as sort Agreed. of the, 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 you know, the, the owner's representative in, in, in the UK and, and running things on a day-to-day -day basis. So just don't do it Erdem, when, we get, when we get humped 3 or 4-0. Um, and one of the things, so the, the, the story drags on is, is the, uh, the summary, but there was something else I noticed on the forum. And apparently the guy that offered 10K at the forum, um, since that day, he's never been contacted by the club. Right. Since the forum, he's yeah, and he's I, offered I, I 10 watched grand. The, I watched the, um, I couldn't believe it. My bloke, you know, basically offering to pay 10 grand. I don't know what's been done to me. And it's, I just find it... It wasn't me. It um, wasn't me either. Um, I just find it bizarre. But like you say, it comes back to there's there's not many people doing so many things. And things are going to fall. The more balls you juggle, the more you're going to drop. Exactly, and this seems yeah. to be one of those situations. Yeah. Uh, it's just a sort of lack of person to do... Yeah, well, Tom is, I, I presume, is... I don't know, is the answer. Uh, I just hope it gets put up because, you know, it's just a... It just doesn't, does not reflect well on the club at all that we you know we haven't got a working scoreboard uh, of any description but the uh, the big bet progress is there is now a scoreboard it is in the uk in storage it just needs to um, be put above the krl stand so the progress has been made and we'll keep you updated the second piece on broadfield buzz i think a lot of people might have missed this and i think we might need to get sam jordan back on the show for this piece or the next uh, coming up soon because again this is just from the forum and somebody said um it's i'll read it out i thought it was said that as it was not in the budget, so the club would have to be paying the 25k. This is regards to the scoreboard installation, sorry. Um, and even after the 15k from the generous offer from the floor, so the 15 grand is what's left. There's been a lot of talk of arranging an EGM at the CSA to get them to spend the money they have just sitting in the bank to be used to benefit of the benefit of supporters. All it requires, an EGM is 20 members, so 20 season ticket holders, to get together and ask them for an EGM and then attend and then they go to a vote and they can decide, 20 signatures, that they spend that money in the bank on putting the scoreboard up. Because they've got about 30 grand in the bank, or, or, or roughly so. Okay, And then um, a reply came back from a former member of the CTSA, fairly high up, and they said, um, I'm not involved with the CTSA board now, but I think under the constitution that full members having a vote are those that have paid an annual subscription. 
In a bid to increase interest, season ticket holders were indeed given free memberships. How it was never, however, it was never the intention that season ticket holders who have not contributed financially to the CTSA should have control over where the CTSA reserves are spent. It was agreed at the forum that the profits of the Reds rollover would be used for this purpose. So that's the grand, um, and Steve's gradually increasing interest. But the sticking point here is that you, if you're a season ticket holder, you are a member of the CTSA, but you are almost like, which we were never told, and we didn't know, like a, a second tier member. You, you're a member, but you don't get a vote on anything about how money is spent. I think that would be... Yeah, it new. wasn't really made clear, was it? Absolutely not. Um, and I, you know what, I completely get that in principle. If I've not paid my £10 to be a member, I get that I shouldn't be voting on how the money is spent. But however, if you're telling people, if you're a season ticket holder, therefore you don't need to buy your membership, you've got to tell them, oh, by the way, that means you can't vote on things to spend the money as well. Because otherwise you'd do both. Oh, and what, what do you get? What are your other benefits? £10 off in the, um, 10% off in the club shop. Um, and first uh, offer on cup tickets. All oh, right. So that's your two pounds. Well, this year you would have done well out of the Absolutely, cup. Absolutely, yeah, thing, yeah. You? definitely. Um, but yeah, I I I I to read that a couple of times. So yeah, if you are a season ticket holder, you are a member of the CTSA, but you are not a full member of the CTSA. You don't get to decide where things are spent. And I think if people knew that, they might be a season ticket holder and pay for a CTSA membership. I think it, um, I think the um, there's some muddy water there that needs to be cleared. And I think we need to Maybe get we just start, they just have to ask Paul whether he's going to pay the whole the rest of it and that would that, would that would because that would get it that would get the thing done because all the time this is procrastinating about how the extra t you know we haven't no one's approached the guy that offered to pay 10 grand where's the other 15 get grand from from when it looks like Paul's quite happy to pay it himself then um, maybe <laughs> someone should just say Paul can we please have 25 grand <laughs> And we can get the school board up in time for the start of the new season. And give him twenty five grand back um, when they've made that money in sponsorship, and then it's all sort yeah. of all straight up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, right. Number three is the flag fund for Crawley Town. So Peter Wood, a fan, is trying to raise fifteen hundred pounds to buy some flags. Um, I think predominantly for the the South Stand, the uh, Bruce Winfield or Structured Communications uh, Terrace, to improve the home atmosphere at the stadium because um, it's something that's regularly questioned this is reading from his statement on GoFundMe uh, regularly questioned with the fan base at Crawley and the club have recently been in contact with some home supporters about how atmosphere can be improved on match days we are trying to raise money to buy some high quality flags like the ones you regularly see at away games uh, in the terrace and other areas of the ground they, they were looking for 1500 quid after about four or five days they had raised about 450 in donations then Hong Kong Paul he goes on. Plowed in. He chucks in 1,050 <laughs> quid to make up the deficit. So, um, well it, done, it, Paul. It, it's and 100 Easter eggs. And 100. E we're coming on to that, oh, Bruce. Right, sorry, yeah. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. And they've now, they're now up to 1,765. I believe they were withdrawing funds on Friday. Might have been two Th days ago. This coming Friday or Friday I'm, just gone. I'm not entirely aware, to be honest, but I, I, I read it as last Friday. So, we might see those soon. The question is. If there's flags in the ground, does it improve the atmosphere? That's the question. <laughs> I, I would say it depends how those flags are used. Now, if you've got, if you've got, you know, you get at Arsenal and all it's some some I saw at Wolves actually yesterday. They're whacking great flags that the kids wave behind the goal and the stuff. Massive as ones. part of the pre-match build-up with the music and like yesterday at Wolves, he had fireworks and stuff. Um, yes, I think that would improve the atmosphere as part of an overall with the scoreboard flashing and stuff like that. Some really good music. Just dra draping them at the back of the stand 
I'm not sure that's going to necessarily improve the atmosphere. So let fingers crossed. I think it's great that the fans are getting involved Brilliant. and doing this great incentive. Um, so fingers crossed it does. Um, I say if we're trying to improve the atmosphere, how about bring the Devilettes back? Indeed. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me on that one, Ewan, because I had nothing to do with the Devilettes. Again, but they were... Just going back to that general thing about atmosphere and stuff like that, you know, uh, the scoreboard's going to be a massive improvement. What would also work would it be a proper... De I mean, the PA has improved. Um, there's no, I've no doubt about that in the last year. No one can deny that the PA system is better than it was. Um, you were using a tiny little lapel still, mic. Still using right. a lapel yeah. mic. No, it's, um, we needed a sound engineer to come in and give <laughs> us... Well, actually, Colin Robotham, who sorted out the scoreboard, he did all the rejigging of the PA system, and it is better than it was but it's not as good as it could be. But that's a lot of money to spend on a new PA system. I know we actually, Kelly and I were talking to Paul about one of the things that he was might have got involved in earlier in the season was, was paying for a new PA system. It was well. on the pole, I think he did. Yeah, it was, yeah. Because that PA system is the one that was, I think it's the one that was in the stadium when it was built in 97. So, you know, a lot of the equipment is starting to get a bit, you know, and there's been a lot of bolt-ons and bits and pieces added and changed to get it where it is now, but it's not ideal. But if you add that... And a proper like match day presenter, like you see, the scoreboard going really well, the guys with the flags and stuff like that. What more, you know, what more could you do? You're trying to create a bit of atmosphere, music, and, and proper music and stuff. You know, maybe. <laughs> um, Where's Michael Cohen when you need him, eh? Well, you say that, but Michael was really, you know, I'm really saying good. it positively. Know, absolutely. And Michael's really good. He engaged the fans, he got competitions and stuff like that. I think the best bit of. Um, we've tried a few things, and I think the best bit thing that worked was when uh, when we played Swindon on Easter Monday a couple of years ago, and we had pay what you can. We got one fan from each, and that one of them had to run around the goal at the Swindon fan at that end. Yeah, yeah. Out, yeah. And that got the, the fans loved it, you know, yeah. a competition between, you know, two, two ordinary Joes from the crowd to see who got back to the centre I line. Did, I quickest. remember the mascots racing as well a couple of times. Yeah, we've had, red we've had that. I know Joe had an idea. He was going to get one of the local skip firms to get a big plastic skip and you had to um, chick, you know, chip balls into the skip and stuff like that. It's all down to people at the end of the day, people to do it, you know. That's, that's you need where people we... and also fans to say, yeah, I'll do this because yeah, yeah. it falls a bit flat. But yeah, um, yeah. What, um, there's been a couple of different people, I think, doing the PA on match days recently. And uh, I just want to give some credit to the guy that was doing it yesterday. Um, before the start of the game, they read out, read out the team names. You know what's coming. Yeah. Um, you read out the team names and then, you know, give it the old, um, come on, you Reds. And he goes, come on, everybody, get behind the Reds. Come on, you Reds. And then he goes, football. <laughs> <laughs> All while being distorted, of course. <laughs> I, thought that was, I, I thought that was funny in a really good way, just yeah. giving it a bit of, uh, bit of atmosphere. That was, that was really good. Um, I've got a bit of bully on here for... Ballfield Buzz, but we've discussed that in the interview, which is released separately. So make sure you listen to the Bruce interview um, to get a bit of bully. Our, our sort of feedback on that. In 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 very short, it's gotten better. Um, the fifth one on Broadfield Buzz is one thing that I, I really like: the new content, the new direction we're going in with the club and social media. But again, the first effort and has unfortunately been for me sort of below par, and it is in depth. And it's interviews from the club. It's Tom Cameron doing it at the moment. And he did an in-depth interview with Besla Bala. Um, great concept. Great idea. It could be really, really good. But it's like the first couple of goes of um, a bit of bully. It was just in a plain white room. The sound was terrible. Even oh, I didn't even say anything on social media. Other people did for me. They said, what is the point? Can't hear a single thing. And it's because in, in technical terms, they're using drop mics 
on the floor upside down, um, sort of four or five feet away from their mouth, where they need to be like a, a radio presenter right in front of your mouth with like a spit mic as well. All you need, all you need, and you can nod at this, Jonathan, is a £20 lapel mic and plug it into an iPhone with a splitter. It, it's, there's no effort whatsoever <laughs> to get this sound right. And that is why it's so frustrating, because it is harder to do it wrong than it is to get it right. And maybe shoot in a, some, some location which has some sort of uh, interest to it. Like as the, a, the dugout or something like yeah. that, or in or, the stand or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you could even do it, if you had a third person, I know we're short on stop, but if you had a third person just to carry the camera, do... Walk it, do it while, round, while walking yeah, a lap yeah. of the pitch, yeah. and then as you walk behind the away goal, you could say, Right, here's Bears, here's where you scored your first goal back in November. Talk us about that. It's just little things that I think are so, so easy. And, um, do you know, I think we'd love to help. In fact, I think well, well, maybe we could, yeah, you should do. We, we've you got, should, we've you got should, the equipment, you should, you've got the certainly got the equipment. Um, and, and you know, the, and the I, I would I would contend your footballing knowledge might might let you down a little <laughs> bit, Ewan, but you know that's another story. <laughs> um, right, last two things on <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Wipe over that. Moving we'll edit that out. Um, last two bits. Um, really, really brilliant news. This Crawley voted or or winning Community Club of the Year for the Southeast. Absolutely fantastic. So, regardless of our tiny fan base, Crawley still winning stuff like this is is such massive credit. Um, Crawley Town are recognised as the winners of the EFL Community Club of the Year for the Southeast Region at the Houses of Parliament, chosen for the outstanding impact they have on people within their communities. Crawley Town are one of six regional winners um, selected for their programmes they deliver to a number of important areas, including diversity, inclusion, education, health and well-being. Congrats. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's really, really good. And you're nodding there as well, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, people haven't seen the little video that's on the website or on social media. Just watch that and just get an idea of the number of people that, that, that the Community Foundation have helped and com- connected with over the last few years. I think it's absolutely fantastic um, for a club of Crawley size to, you know, to win that award. That's a, that's a big award. You know, they might even become the... You know, the overall winner for the Hall of the EFL. Absolutely brilliant. Probably the best and most positive bit of news coming out of the club for a, a long, long time. It's fantastic. And it, it just goes to show you don't need to have that many fans to make a massive, massive impact. Um, and Bertic Kazim, the, the CEO of the Community Foundation, said the reach and power of football clubs have to make a massive, have to, have to make a positive impact in their communities is unquestionable, and that is undoubtedly what Crawley are doing. So, a uh, big congratulations to Berterg, the team in the Community Foundation, and the club as a whole. And like you said, we need to be shouting about that more, Absolutely, don't we? Yeah, that's brilliant. It's a fantastic achievement. And the final thing from me, I know you've got a couple, Jonathan. Um, yesterday at the game, we did something for the first time. We did a little video live from the game. It was like 30 seconds long, but we thought, you know what? That. Let's just not do a tweet. Let's do a little video. So we are now officially um, social media influencers, I believe. 350 views. Um, if This is for you listening. If you like that and you want more of that, these little videos, let us know. We'll do it more often. It was the first time we've done Could it. Could even do a, um, before the match, do a sort of, you know, like the prep we do for, for commentary where we, we find out stats, we find out what's going into the game, how the teams are matching up kind of thing. We could maybe even do a, a one minute update Absolutely. of the opposition and what to expect. Yeah, I mean, like we're, we're a podcast and that is what we do. We don't want to sort of overburden you with us everywhere. So we, we stick to what we what we think we're good at anyway, before we move into other areas. I think Bruce areas, is looking at it now. Just looking at it now, actually. <laughs> but if, if you want... Want, um, if, you, if you like that and you want to see it more, just let us know. That is what I've oh, got. Oh, there it is. Look, there we are. Look. Sound quality's <laughs> not great. 
<laughs> it was done on a phone. It still stands better than a bit of bully. Anyway, um, that is what I've got in Broadfield Burst. Anything you want yeah, to add, Yeah, just two items. So uh, first item from me is from D3D4 Football. A recent stat came out from them. Again, we go back to earlier on in the podcast where we spoke about how do they actually find out these stats. I think this is probably more of a, a looser stats than uh, the possession is. But most super saves in the top four tiers of English football. I don't know how you really term a super save or how you define it. I think in the Premier League, it's a, the, the, the certainty of it being a good, should be a goal is eighty percent or something like that. You know, so they should they should score. That's pretty good. And this is the top four tiers yeah. in English football. Go on. I mean, there's only one person who can be on it for Crawley Town, but it obviously Glenn Morris. But where on that list is he? He is third up with the likes of Premiership and Championship. Premier uh, League, not Premiership. Sorry, yes, Premier League. <laughs> I got told off for that once as well. <laughs> Championship goalkeepers. He's third with 49 super saves. It's not wow. a surprise. That's almost two per game, uh, one and a half per game. And you know, it's not a surprise he did another one yesterday. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, not, Sorry, a surpri- not a surprise. Just at rustling all. in Jonathan's bag to look at yesterday's programme. Oh, Sorry. enjoy. You'll be uh, four seconds done. <laughs> um, um, and was there something else as yeah, well? Yeah, the second thing, kind of more of a, a chuckle based upon um, the, the recent news, really. Coronavirus. The Crawley Observer wrote an article on coronavirus God. and how that may affect Crawley Town matches. And a fan sitting next to me yesterday in the ground kind of made uh, a, a coughing noise. <laughs> <laughs> and he was arrested. <laughs> no, Chucked it, out by this overzealous Jewish. He yeah. made a sort of a, a sideways joke based upon the fact that uh, the government said that they'll stop large groups of um, people getting together um, in, in spaces if, you know, the coronavirus is a thing. The size for these large groups is 5,000. So Should Crawley fans are <laughs> probably going to be safe because we don't really hit 5,000. So <laughs> big, kind of big crowds are banned. Crawley, you, ca- you crack on Crawley. And related to that, the prog- one of the programme sellers outside the game yesterday, alongside his match programmes, was selling a half-used toilet roll for £10 <laughs> and a pack of paracetamol for £99. Because <laughs> of stockpiling, of course. <laughs> Hard to come by these I'll tell days. You what, I, I genuinely, I did go into Sainsbury's yesterday, early on in the morning. The, the toilet shelves stocks were absolutely bare they just brought out new ones they'll bring out new stock i went back an hour later because i forgot something they were empty again what is going what on what is the thing with toilet paper i mean sanitizing uh, uh, gel fair enough but what's the to- what's the it, big fascination with you know, stock i mean this is a tangent from crawley town here but i think it is if um let's say everybody's off sick off work therefore deliveries can't be made yeah. the three things you're going to want to want is pasta beans and toilet paper <laughs> But, you know, if you get caught short with a toilet, just go have a shower and you know, <laughs> clean yourself out that way. Surely. What if the people at the waterworks aren't working so the water isn't coming through? <laughs> well, or you haven't paid <laughs> your bill or something Leaf, like that. Doc Leaf? Doc Leaf? this Crawley Town No, no, no. no don't, be, don't be that harsh. No, just... But actually, it, you, you make a point about the coronavirus. That they may... But what... Um, surely it's better to be outside in a gathering rather than in a pub watching the t- watching a match um with you know lots of people in cr- close proximity I, I did watch um I, there was a photo of it as well there was a guy before the game in the west end yesterday uh, before he sat down he cleaned his seat with a wet wipe <laughs> oh, to be fair knowing the condition of some of those seats that's probably not a bad idea to be honest <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, is that the end of Broadfield well, Buzz? Yeah, I think we've else? locked this on the end of Broadfield Buzz, but it's kind of its own section now, I suppose. Is Star Listener? Oh, Star List. Let's do Star Listener. Where's the, where's the thing? <laughs> well, I'll play it after we announce who it is. Oh yeah. Uh, if I pronounce the name correctly, Riley Ansel White. 
I believe him and I know where this is going. Some some others have, have basically taken the Tin Pot Club from Sussex to the the heights of the Mount Everest base camp at seventeen thousand six hundred feet. I think he also took some other sort of memorabilia merch along as well and stuck it up around uh, as he was walking along. So I, I think that's a, a great thing and okay. obviously warranted of uh, the the wonderful uh, fanfare. <laughs> Oh, is it, is it playing in the background? I can't, I've got, I've got oh, no, he's got no headphones. He can't hear it. But yeah, we could hear um, it. I think he took a couple of tickets as well. Yes. Just proves, just proves you can't sell them anywhere, can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so that is the end of Broadfield Birds. Again, Bruce, thanks for your input. I, hope you, I really enjoyed that one. Um, last thing we've got to do is just a little bit of added time. Yes, you and it's been a cracking episode. So much so that we've actually made two episodes in one, which is fantastic. For I'd go as far as to say it's the best episode that's ever been well. since I was on before. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now into added time, like you say. So time to round up on on a few things. Obviously, GH Coat Travel. I think yeah, to start I've with. got I've got three little things. I was actually, you know, your stat you put in Broadfield Buzz. I was going to put that in added time because I've got another one from D three D four as well. So the second one is highest average cross accuracy in League Two, and we've got a player. Crawley are on there. Crawley are sat in fifth place, and it is Josh Dakers Cogley, forty three percent. Top is Jake Hessenthaler on 48. And you've got Zach Mills, George Marsh, Robbie Wilmot. Josh Takers-Cogley, 43%. Fifth most accurate crosser um, in League Two. Interesting that the cap is still 50%. There's still 50% that go wayward. He's, he's, he's been taught well. Oh, was he, was he Birmingham? Birmingham. Was he? Oh, there you go. He'd be a great player to keep hold of for next season. Whether we'd be able to or not, I don't know. But he's been... I mean, you know, if he'd had him all season, imagine... What those stats would be Just, like. It, like. We go back to the right, right back to the start. The squad's looking good, isn't it? We've lost a couple of plays, but you, you forget about them when you have a great result like yesterday. Um, I'm going to touch on again, I know we did last episode, the CTSA Easter Egg Appeal. So just coming from their Twitter account, our 2020 Easter Egg Appeal is the biggest yet. This year we'll be supporting Rocking Horse, um, Chestnut Sussex, Rivers, the YMCA, DLG, um, and well, the, the the collection has started. You might have seen it because Hong Kong Paul has already delivered 100. I think GH coaches always deliver sort of 50 or so as well. I'm not sure what the number is, but there's massive numbers coming in. But it's great for me, for everybody really, to see it going to multiple charities as well. Ewan, you worked when you worked at the club and the Easter egg thing. Can you hand on heart say here? God, that I you know ever what, oh, you sh- never took an Easter egg and ate it for personal consumption. <laughs> This is going to be the Silence biggest Silence speaks volumes, listeners. Our last piece on Added Time <laughs> coming up um, is the GH Coaches Away Trouble. I might have had, I think I, I definitely had one. We might one. have shared one, mightn't we? What's your favourite Easter egg? Um, dairy milk. Anything dairy milk. Um, um, we I'm might have for. shared one or two over the years. But With I'm, Ryan. Remember Ryan Murrant as well when Ryan was there as the marketing guy when he was in our office? Do you remember that? Absolutely, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Brian had a couple as well. Um, I can't. Can we edit this out? It's really bad. Josh, no, this is a but good, did, good scoop. But yeah, but I, then we replaced them. Yeah, so I think we, we always used more, to go. And we we always added used more. To, yeah, we probably ate. We probably put back in more than we ate. There we go. Absolutely fine. Um, All's well that ends well. What a reveal. Um, and the last thing, GH coaches. Now, I can barely keep up with GH coaches anymore, okay? So all I'm going to say is go to their website, which is ghcoaches.co.uk, because whatever I say on the podcast it's now, always out of date. It's going to be out of date in two days. So we have got upcoming away games, um, Port Vale, Swindon, Morecambe, Cheltenham, Mansfield. And on their website, they tell you how many they've got left, spaces left on the coach as well. They've even got a good relationship, of course, with the club. 
And there was an update on the club website, how many seats they've got left for each game coming up as well. I think the away, um, you'd have to, again, for the stats people out there, but I think the average away following this season has probably been the best it's been since the League One days. Some and of the attendances, I mean, we had nearly 200 at Exeter a couple of weeks there, ago. There's a great atmosphere around away travel now, isn't there? We've even got on, on Facebook, we've got the um, <laughs> we've got the uh, away travel page, which is great. We've never had that before. And people joined it in absolute droves. So Discounted yeah, it, travel as well from Hong Kong, Paul. Yeah, there was yeah. about five games in a row where, where Paul paid half of people's prices. And again, it's 20 quid, travel... And a, and a buffet as well. It, it's it's ridiculously cheap, and uh, it's no surprise. It would be nice to know the stats and see how how we compare to other teams away travel. We must well, be one it, of the as cheapest. a percentage of the number of fans who come to regularly to have the, you know of, often ten percent, just under ten percent of your away following or your actual following going to an away game. There's not many clubs percentage wise who could who've got that. So absolute massive hats off to um, GH coaches, and I think unless you've got anything else, Jonathan, that kind of wraps up. The, the, the double episode special. It does. So all I'd say is if you listen to this episode, make sure you check out the separate episode, which is obviously Bruce's interview. Bruce, have you enjoyed yourself? I've enjoyed it very much, guys. And you're still, uh, thanks, you're still thanks, thanks for inviting me. And uh, hopefully um, people have enjoyed listening to it. And good luck with the podcast. And I say, just keep doing it because the more that people know about Crawley, the more that people find out about the club, you know, it's... it's can only help. That's, that's all that matters, isn't it? What we're trying to do, of course, is just get more people talking. And um, with, with the club now doing the social media, the 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 in depth and the the podcast coming back, the more people talking about Crawley, the better. That's all we can ever hope for, and that's the whole reason why we start the podcast in the first place. So, hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you to Bruce. Goodbye, myself and Jonathan. We'll be back with episode twenty-four um, in due course. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>